Folks, welcome to another edition of the Down the Rabbit Hole podcast. This is Raf, and we are live at InfoSec World 2015 here in Orlando. And I have with me uh, Mr. James Robinson and Rob Fuller. Uh, Rob just actually gave a really cool talk this morning on things you can do as a blue team member to uh, frustrate those bad guys and uh, keep them annoyed long enough to uh, to potentially succeed. Uh, welcome, Rob. Hi. Wow, that's great. Uh, such such a man of man of few words and uh, James Robertson. Well, actually, I work with him my day job. How are you doing, James? Hey, pretty good, pretty good. So, um, Rob, to you, question. Um, <laughs> give us a little, uh, give us a quick thirty second overview of kind of what your talk was and why uh, why why you put it together and kind of the aim of it. Yeah. So um, the main focus of it is is the fact that I was doing pen tests for Rapid Seven at the, um, for a while and and before that. Um, for a number of different companies, and then after that, um, for a few more, and I kept on seeing the same things. So, I, like the you'd you'd give the report and nothing would happen. You give the report and nothing would happen. And the fact that there's nothing happening kind of led me to believe that not that that anyone was at fault for not doing anything. It was just that they that a lot of defenders get the report and don't see it from the attacker's point of view, right? So. What I did was I started putting together um, basically a list of, of things that I uh, would see or or know that were solutions, and you know banging my head at why why no one was using them. So free stuff and like all the vendors at in, at any conference are are touting all of these things, and I was like I could build that in less than a day. Like I I can do that. I can do it better in less than a day. And going through and doing that stuff, so I, I basically put together, you know, the attacker ghost stories of all the things that I saw while I was there, and um, and then that's how the presentation came out. It was kind of cool because you, you went through some of the things that I know there's people in more than one. Somebody in the audience, oh man, you had those cool moments where you know somebody that's responsible for security in their company doesn't really have all the access to you know the million dollar toys that some of the other folks out there do. Um, but they're listening to you talk, and, and uh, you know, a couple of the ones you, know, you started with Emmet, which or Emmet or however heck you pronounce that, um, and, and you went into my favorite one is is, is your little uh, blurb on uh, Java uh, and disabling Java. And so I love your stat. What was your stat that you mentioned? My stat? Yeah, the, the statistic on uh, how many websites uh, you actually legitimately use. Uh, right. So um, what we did, and to give a little preference, uh, is is um, company. Um, that I worked for, um, we we put together a um, an, an idea of, of blocking Java. So I, I got the idea originally from um, doing phishing, and the phishing um, exercise. I saw Java exploit uh, Java versions coming over as the user agents, and I um, I decided that it would be a good idea to block those. So we 
put it into into um, practice to see, you know, just to see how how much um, Java was getting blocked and on how much it was used inside of an organization. Um, and a really large organization that I worked for, um, we did a, a 30 day uh, pull of all of the proxy logs for our entire company. And, um, and you think that would be like a thousand, right? Or maybe more websites. 2,000, 3,000, yeah. you know. I've gotten numbers from people that thought, thought there was like 25,000, sorry, and um, things on, on the internet, but it came down to 14. Like there was 14 top level domains that ever used Java ever for internet accessing, right? And this was cross language, right? So um, places all over the world, um, and it was only 14. Wow. And, and hey, James, you do some security internally, right? Is, is, does that does that uh, match with what you've been saying too? It does. And usually, what I've seen in the past is it's not the external sites that I worry about; it's the internal sites. You know, it's the internal applications that have been created for some reason that are back office and we can't get off of it. Uh, one of the most famous that I always would run into is Kronos, right? And tools like that, and you're just like, come on, we got to upgrade this system. And it's like, but it's so, it's so in the fabric of the organization because we need to get time, right? We need to yeah. get this, you know, and, and so you have more politics internally to try to get it fixed than it is blocking it externally. Um, but it, it's, yeah, it, it it, to hear 14 doesn't surprise me. Um, right. What did you see internally? Did you so we didn't do internally because, um, I'm sorry to pull it. Um, uh, we didn't do internally because um, the solution that we were looking at wasn't internally. It was at the proxy. So we were, we were dropping user agents at the proxy. And the cool thing is that, that the user agent for Java is sent over on SSL in, in connections too through the proxy. So even if it's SSL encrypted, I don't know what's actually in there. But I see that it's Java, and I see that it's an old version yeah, of Java. I drop it. Yeah. Like I don't even have to worry about what's actually in there. It's probably malicious yeah. if it's not one of our 14 domains that we go to, yeah. right? So then our our intrusion rate for for um, any Java-based exploits, anything at all, even even phishing, like social engineering type exploits, went to zero. Yeah. We didn't get a single infection. So, Very nice. So funny thing, you know, you mentioned something else too that I've heard only a couple times, uh, and. I've I've never heard of it at the scale you guys do it at, but you said you block um, you block proxy uh, in your proxies in your forwarding proxies you block sites that are uncategorized, right? Right. And, and every time I bring that up, because I've heard uh, another really smart person mentioned that a while back, and I, I repeated that to some folks, and they're like, oh, we can't do it at our scale. We blow up our help desk, but you don't. Not really, no. Um, and the, the the thing is that um, our uncategorized is based on. Um, uh, Basically, originally it was based on what we got from the proxy vendor, but we we quickly added it based on on user input. Okay. Right. So Fair our, enough. we had an automated way for for a user to say this uncategorized is no longer uncategorized. Push it. They are making that decision to do that. We have a full log of them doing that. Now we don't have we don't have to have a help desk. We don't have to have a, a person in the way of that. But if they get exploited because of it, now we know exactly who did it. That's kind of interesting. I've, I've heard another one on that front, not blocking it totally because an organization doesn't want to totally kill. Um, but what they would do is just say, if it's uncategorized, then make sure that it's a confirmation. Make sure it's someone is actually clicking on it and saying, yes, I'm going to allow this to go through. What it does is it stops all the the automated stuff from getting out because it doesn't know how to click. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then it's an educational moment also for users to say, oh, that's that's kind of strange. I thought that this was a, a site that was well known. And you can start to tie in some of that education for them. So that's, if you can't take the step to block, 
I would say definitely take the step to at least confirm or put something in there that jumps in front of the user and says, are you sure you really want to go to this website? Because, you know, we know about the top, let's say, a million or two million sites in the world, and this is not one of them. It's uncategorized or it's that new. You can start to help people out with that uh, and start teaching them. It's and then, I'm sorry, and then you get the auth logs, like I was saying, like you get exactly who did it, which is yep. Yep. just awesome data to have. Well, so I, I, during your presentation, you said uh, you had a button pop or a box pop up for a site that you'd never seen that nobody, you know, that hasn't been previously allowed. And I love what you you put a little psychology trick on your users, because keep blocking is in green and unblock is in red. Right, and the keep blocking is in green on the right-hand side. Unblock is in red on the left-hand side. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Does it work? Yeah, it works wonderfully. And and how we do that is we've we've done away with the whitelist and blacklist and and, and uncategorized all the categorization gone away. Um, and what what how that works is when when uh, so we have a whitelist or blacklist or whatever you want to call it. Um, generated every month. So it starts zero. Like if someone goes to Google.com and they're the first one ever on that month to go to Google.com, they get that screen that says um, unblock and block in green and like you described. But it also says, would you like to unblock this for the entire company? <laughs> and when they look at that, they get a, you know, they get a hitch. They get this like a pause. A and they're stutter, like, yeah. Um, okay, yeah, Google's fine. Like they get that, they, they self-educate that way. And um, the cool thing is it's built in Flash. My version of it's built in Flash. Um, so that no malware can do that, right? No malware currently knows how to navigate or even render Flash. Right. So it just works. Yeah, I, I like that. There's just simple things that uh, don't require a tremendous amount of time, just require a, re a human being to go actually go execute. I think these are underserved things. We get, we get to conferences like this, and everybody's talking about the next cool widget, spend a million bucks, you know, there's plenty of boosts out here. Not to say that the vendors that do things aren't relevant, uh, but when you're at a scale, there's a point at which technology you know, starts to diminish in value simply because you don't you don't have enough bodies to go execute Configure on. Configure it. Right. <laughs> that's that's the right word. Um, so one last thing I, I don't want to drag. You know, this has been a, this is great. And one last thing I want to bring up that you mentioned that I really liked was the fact that you guys you forward proxy everything, and you don't have internal DNS resolution. Right. Talk to me about that, because that, that sounds like somebody would complain somewhere. Yeah, so um, getting that approved was was an uphill battle. But um, once you got people to realize the effect of it, um, it was it was an instant yes, right? So um, how we do it is we just basically go into Microsoft DNS and all the DNS servers that we have out there and turn off forwarding. So it never actually hits the Internet. So if you're inside and you're trying to troubleshoot and you try and ping Google, it's just not going to work. Like, it can't resolve. If you try and ping 8.8.8.8, um, that might work if ICMP is allowed, but you're not going to do the resolution. So we've done away with an entire new class of, of malware. All, yeah, the, all, all the DNS callbacks just don't work well, because, because they can't malware, get out. Right. Malware is because it, we, we got wise to blocking IP addresses. Malware switched to DNS. It could fluctuate that quickly and resolve quickly, right, short lifetimes. But when you don't allow that, it's really hard to get out of the network. Yeah. So when I first when I first joined the team there, um, I was I you know I you know puffed up my chest and I'm like, hey, I just wrote my own malware. It does it through DNS, and all the guys, all the uh, pen testers around me were like, hey, that looks that sounds really cool. Giggling in the little background, they were like, it's not gonna work. Um, and <laughs> and I'm like, yes, it is. Watch, and it didn't do anything. I'm like, well, that's weird. And <laughs> so they were cracking up. That I had just, you know, tried to show off my, you know, prowess and 
uh, it just failed utterly. It's it's awesome, and, but and let's face it, we're not. You, this is upping the game, right? This isn't really. This isn't turning off all possible attack vectors. This isn't really. Uh, you know, frustrating. This is just frustrating the enemy. I, I think uh, there's plenty of people in security are starting to talk about winning sh is going to be soon redefined globally as simply frustrating your enemy enough to where you know the determined ones aren't going to go away. Okay, but you just keep them annoyed, right? You talked about having an extra uh, port forwarding to a database that has actually just garbage data outside of your inf infrastructure. They're like banging away. They're like, yes, we've achieved, you know, root. And you're like, yeah, see ya. You're all the way, way out there in some VPS land on a server we don't care about. Uh, and, and we don't, and it's great. Right. So yeah, it was, it's slowing them down. Yes. I would say it's slowing them down, waiting for them to, to, to make a mistake, you know, so making you it difficult them. for them. So yeah. you can catch them, you can see, and then you can eradicate. Um, the 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 other one that I've seen kind of on that same DNS front that, that I've talked to a lot of people with, and they say, well, we don't have a malware problem. And then you say, oh, well, so how, how does your network work? And you see that they don't have any default routes out. And uh, there's always this internal discussion about, well, we want to do default route out. And, you know, to get out to the Internet, because it is simpler, right? It, it does make it easier. But I say right when you make that move, you need to make sure that you're ready, that you're prepared, because you are going to have a bigger problem. Because there's probably some things that are dormant that maybe you're not seeing. And those are now going to be live. They're going to light up. They're going to be ready. And, and you know, you're just going to have to deal with it at that point. So that's another one kind of on that same DNS run. If you can't get out or you're channeled in the way that you have to get out, you have to know proxy. A lot of malware, you can't configure a proxy in malware, right? Like, you can, but a lot of them don't do that unless they're a targeted adversary who's they coming know, after they you, know what you, knows got, your right? environment. Yeah, broken, seen that here's what your proxies are, you know, been able to do that or pulled it out of IE, something like that, right? It, it's definitely additional steps that have to be taken. You know, just another little booby trap is kind of what I was thing, thinking. And that's the thing, right? You're, you're hoping, you're giving them things to stumble over yep. so that eventually they make a mistake and you can catch that mistake. Yep. You're not, you know, you're not... I love the fact that that's, this is happening in the security industry where we're shifting our mindset from we have to, you know, we have to block everything, defend everything equally, protect everything perfectly, and we, that whole stupid thing, it just annoys me when people say, well, we have to, they, can only, they have to be only right once, we have to be right all the time. It's actually not true at all, I don't think, because we don't have to be perfectly right. We just have to get them to mess up once, and then we just have to be able to find it. Right, so as an attacker, I, I rail against that too because... Um, the whole, I can get in anywhere, that, that's the mindset that, like, yes, I can get in anywhere, but then if I mess up once, exactly. you can, right, if you, you can If it. you have a good defender, every, you know, you, the idea it is to flips. make sure, yeah, you, you can flip the tables on that. That's a great right. way to think about it. Yeah, so, I mean, as soon as I get in, that flips. And, and to your point, um, with the, the proxy logs or with the, the, the authenticated splash proxy, I don't care if we get infected. Like there's there's nothing that's going to get out of our network. So th we can get infected with a billion uh, Zeus viruses, and I don't care because it's never going to talk out. And any attacker that says I have automated AI that's going to do all this stuff, at some point they need connectivity. Yeah. Right. They need a shell to do something. Well, or get the data. Well, it's just yeah. not going to get out. And, and let's face it. At some point you do you, you say you don't care, but you actually you, you do care because they're going to eventually leave the corporate network on that laptop and. You want to remediate it before they walk out of the office, and then there that, that Zeus bot can connect, right? But maybe not. Okay, fair enough. But you now don't. Not everything's a fire now. I think. Right. So, what an easy way to solve that is is to keep them going through your proxy. Uh, that's a fair point. Okay. Right. So if they're always required to be going through your proxy, no matter if they're Starbucks or not, 
then you still have the protection on it. Yeah. And there's a lot of cloud proxies that are starting to be, you know, so you can be connected anywhere. Hybrid. When you're yeah. on-prem, you're going through a proxy. When you're off-prem, you're going through a proxy. You're still getting the authentication. You're still doing those things, and it's very powerful. Um, yeah, it's it's these are these are good good little points. There was another one I heard at, at dinners. Uh, so we, we host a lot of dinners. There was another one that uh, was shared about uh, setting up an admin account in Active Directory, but it's not an admin. Um, you know, it has the admin name or something like that. But then also inside of it, uh, the login time. You know, the old login where you can log in from eight to five and that type of thing. Set that so they just can't log in, and you'll just start to see that account getting hit. Um, I reached into our attack and pen. I'd be interested in getting your. You, they didn't. They didn't get back to me, and I didn't follow up. But um, from your perspective, do you know if that account could be used for other things, uh, null session authentication, or anything like that? That even having valid credentials for that account, you could still do reconnaissance or something like that. I was. I was trying to rack my brain and say, if I did this in my environment, one, it's a really good. It's a canary in the coal mine type of thing, right? If if I see activity on that account, I know someone's doing something. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to open up vulnerabilities in my environment by creating an account that you, can't, you can authenticate to, but you can never log in with. Uh, so I was just kind of racking my brain on that one. But that was one that I heard as well. That I was like, that's, that's a really good idea. Right. right. So, yeah, so I call them evil, evil canaries. Um, so it's uh, um, the, what I ran into, and it's not my idea. Like all of these evil canaries are ways that I got caught, right? So um, there was a domain admin temp with a description that had the password in it. It said password colon thing, and it had logon hours zero, right? So like you said, um, I tried it a billion times, like, and it just didn't work. It didn't allow me to authenticate anywhere. Um, and I tried it a lot. And it, the thing was that as soon as I tried it, it sent an alert over to the sysadmin, and as soon as he saw it, he locked it. He locked the and account. he knew you were there because nobody right. legitimately would do that. Right, and, and <laughs> that's awesome. Like, so yes, I might. I, there may have been something I could use, but I wouldn't have thought of it as fast as he could lock it. Right. If, I wonder if you would need to lock it though. Just watch him flail. Just watch it. Right. Now I know you. <laughs> exactly. Now I know where you're at. Right. I can now start to do other things to turn the turn the tables, and now I'm. So now I just got an interception. Right? I was on defense, and now I got an interception. Now I can come after you and try to score points. You need football analogies, man. Yeah, well, it, right when you were thinking, right, offense, defense, that's yeah. what I'm thinking, right? A good defense does win. They win Super Bowls all the time, right? Yeah. So I, I think we have to be in interception that Interception on the, uh, the one-yard line, <laughs> worst <laughs> offensive play call ever. Sorry, folks, I'm a Patriots fan. I enjoyed that game thoroughly. So um, one of the things you said was the fact that um, you hate that people are are um, are uh, more focusing on after the intrusion happens and yeah. stuff like that is is actually really something I'm really against, right? I you don't have to be perfect, but if you start thinking that um, uh, that they're going to get in at some point, you need to start figuring out how to stop them once they're in. It's so defeatist. If you if you go to a sock that has that mindset you will see how horrible they feel about it. Like, well, see, but I, I'm thinking about it rather than the... De so I don't think it's a defeatist. I think it actually underscores exactly what you were saying about even if they, even if it does get in, you don't care because you've got measures. It's not a, they're going to get in anyway and we should just give up. It's a, they're going to find a way in. Let's keep them from actually achieving their objective, right? So that's, when I say assume breach or that whole topic is... I know that in a company your size and the companies James and I work at and uh, in, in, in Vise... The odds of them defeat, basically thwarting every attack they're going to face is almost zero. 
Right, but when you tell them that, when, when the whole industry is going to that, that direction, yeah. and you go into the sock and you look at the guys that, that are doing this day to day, you see how defeatist they look. You see how horrible they look. Because they think, because they, everyone in the industry is saying they're going to get in anyways. So the mindset of them is huh. like, they don't. That's interesting. We should, we should, that, that, that bears more investigation. I'd be curious to see if we could, if there's a way to, maybe it's just not being presented right. right. Or and, and I get it, right? If you're sitting in a sock and somebody says, you know, they're going to get in anyway. And, and so you probably go, well, why am I here? But at the same time, it's got. I would say it'd almost be worse to, to be at that point where you're like, "Yeah, uh, they're, your job is not to let them in," and you lose every single day. That sucks. That's gonna kill morale yeah, too. You're, you're not gonna lose every day, but because you'll have the. So okay, I used to enough. work in a sock. Fair enough. And and we're, I, we're, we're, we're talking about. How, so you basically so, we're redefining winning and losing. Right. So um, when I was um, going through the Marine Corps, um, I used to run um, the fitness test, the the run on the fitness test, the PFT. Um, in a really slow time. Um, first Sergeant Jamie Hunt um, one time came through to me and was like, F you, run faster. <laughs> came up to me and said, F you, run faster. That's literally what he said to you, or said to me as I was running. I'm like, no, screw you. I'm going to run faster. So I ran faster than him, and then he ran faster than me, and I ran faster. And ever since then, like, I've had that F you, run faster mindset. Nice. Now, that's fair, I guess. It's... It's it's a way of thinking about it. I think that's uh, that's interesting because it, it's it's really re- about redefining winning and losing. I think that's what we should probably end on is the way we used to think how the defense wins or loses used to be whether the bad guy got into your environment. Now it's not so much that it's whether the bad guy achieves their objective or not. Because now we're starting to understand objectives, and, and it and it's. Very, I very seriously doubt there's many attackers out there who are going to spend the time and resources to just get a shell on your machine just to hang out, right? There, there's a point of what to what they're doing. They're trying to get that quarterly report just a day before it goes public. They're trying to get credit card data. They're trying to get SSNs. They're trying to get something. There's an objective there. If we can, even if they get in the environment, like you say, right? If they can't beacon out, they can't take the. They can maybe even get a, a, a tool that because nobody actually knows where their data is. That can find some cool data and get package it up, encrypt it, get ready to send, and then it goes. I'm going to send it to badguy.com, you know, malwareurl.com, and it says no such URL. Like what? What do you mean? It's out there. I know it's out there. Yeah, but you don't get the NS resolution. Sorry, Chuck. Uh, you know that I, I do a lot with kill chain analysis, and, and I don't. One, do you? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> You've all right? You've Actually, I created some new ones. Oh, good. Uh, too. So I'll be sharing those internal with the team, but. Uh, uh, one of the things I've been adding recently is uh, at the end of every kill chain, I put resurrection. And resurrection is that event comes back to haunt you as an organization, yeah, and it was charged by someone doing something. If you just say, you know, they installed malware on my system to create a botnet. That was all they, they were botnet, botnet farmers. Well, now my organization is part of a botnet. And then we DDoS someone. Let's say we DDoS our competitor. That's really bad. Right? That'd be really, really bad yeah. for your competitor to say, you know, they're come this my competitor's coming after me, they're they're attacking me, right? That's a really bad situation to be in. That's the resurrection. And so what I'm what I've really started to tell people to do is you have to get involved in your incident response, but more importantly now your crisis management. You have to get to that next level, have that crisis management discussion, know how you're gonna respond as an organization, and that's almost that's your winning moment. It's not, yes, they may have scored a touchdown, go back to a football analogy, yeah, but you know what, you win the game because you're from Indianapolis. you still you, get, you do football analogies? In Indianapolis, we do a lot of them. It's either <laughs> basketball or football or racing. 
or racing. We do racing. We have a racetrack there. Yeah, we do have a, we have a small racetrack there as well. Yeah. <laughs> hey, for fine points, and actually that the topic of that kill chain, uh, we should probably come back and tag up on again. We need to have you back on the show and yeah. you can spill some of those secrets to the world. But uh, I mean, I mean, educate the world. But uh, that sounds like a that sounds like a good place to kind of end here. You know, we've got a, we've we've kind of covered a topic. Rob, hey, thanks for hanging out, man. No problem. That was a great talk, by the way. I well thanks. received. Um, as we read through your comments, uh, people liked you, and then one person didn't know what class he was in. So, <laughs> it was. There's always that one reviewer that clearly is in the wrong, like in the they're in the wrong room because they're expecting a t- cla- you know they're expecting you to talk about cloud and you're in the pen testing talk. Yeah, or like, he's an auditor. Right, or that. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, like, there's plenty of though, not that we're. What bashing. do you mean you have an account that you never change the password? <laughs> you know, you can't do that. Yeah, but we're doing it on purpose, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we can't do that. That, yeah. that explodes people's minds, otters' minds. Hey, uh, James, awesome. Thanks for uh, hanging yep, out. Thank you. We, we're rarely in the same place to uh, <laughs> to we work together, but we're all in the same place to, to record some of this stuff. So fantastic. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, this is Raf uh, for uh, James and Rob here, and uh, we're gonna sign off on this episode. Um, hope you've gotten a little bit a uh, little bit of knowledge there. Hey, Rob, what's your uh, Twitter handle? Mubix. M U B I X. Awesome. And James. Zero X James. Look at that. So if you guys want to uh, ask these guys questions, hit them up on Twitter. Our hashtag is DTSR. Uh, always happy to engage and, and answer questions after the fact. Uh, so from InfoSec World 2015 in cloudy and rainy Orlando, uh, this is Raph signing off. We'll see you guys another time. See you later. Bye. As we fade out on another Down the Security Rabbit Hole episode, we'd like to encourage you to chat with our hosts and guests using the Twitter hashtag PoundDTSR. Please check out the show notes, catch up on any episodes you may have missed, and subscribe so you don't miss a future episode. Our website is whiterabbit.net, W-H-1-T-3-R-A-B-B-I-T dot net. So on behalf of Rafal, James, Michael, and our guests, for now it's goodbye. We'll see you soon on another Down the Security Rabbit Hole podcast.